Solution Area is out with its 2013 Global Threat Intelligence Report. What are the top threats to global organizations? Hi, this is Tom Field, Vice President of Editorial with Information Security Media Group. I'm talking about the report today with Don Gray. He's the Chief Security Strategist with Solutionary. Don, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Tom. I appreciate being here. So, Don, the report is out. A couple of questions for you. I'd like to know what the main headlines are of this new report, and tell me how your report is unique from everybody else's top threats report. Because, as you know, tis the season. Yes. So, I guess the headlines from the report really are that we're focusing on four major threat areas that we've seen from our customer base. So, these are these are actual. Threats that we've seen from our customers are not, you know, it's not based on a survey or it's not based on a quiz or anything like that. And I think the biggest thing that we've seen is that the pace of DDoS type of threats is increasing. That organizations that may not have considered themselves a possible target of those types of attacks in the past should perhaps rethink that. That there's a uh, confluence of、uh, consumer activism, social media, and hacktivist toolkits and organizations that can conspire to bring those kinds of attacks to organizations that may not have experienced them in the past. I think the other big thing from the report was that one of the things that we point out is that although China and Russia and other organizations or other parts of the world get a lot of attention, the reality is for organizations in the United States. The bulk of the attacks are sourced locally from the United States. So even though they may be directed by other attackers, the resources being used are localized, and we find that in many countries that the attackers are trying to localize the resources to make it harder to detect. So we talk about about that. I think at the end, the, the way our report is different than other reports is that we talk about the threats we actually see in our customer base, and then we walk through for each of those threats a Tactical and strategic timeline that organizations can use to understand where they are in their security program in relation to those threats and what actions they can take to further protect themselves. Well, Don, you mentioned DDoS. What do you see as the other top threats to global organizations based on this report? Well, the four areas that we focus on are malware. We're seeing increasingly sophisticated malware, and we're seeing malware that is aware of. Attempts to detect it using some、uh, sandbox type of tools and and can hide its true nature、um, when it's in those environments. So we expect that trend to continue. As I mentioned, the the DDoS trend we expect that to increase、uh, for organizations that may not have experienced it in the past, and organizations that are currently dealing with those threats we expect that trend to continue. Bring your own device is something that has come up with our customer base as a new threat vector. And one of the things we focus on in the report is not as much maybe what people would think of from a smishing SMS message attack standpoint or from a, a, a malware on the smartphones kind of aspect, but just the fact that bring your own device in and of itself, even for things as mundane as laptops, opens up a new threat vector to organizations. It opens up a new way that they could be compromised. And it totally obliterates any sense of a perimeter that they may have had in the past. And so, organizations that have been getting by with a hard outer shell and a soft GUI center, because they've been able to limit、uh, the egress points into the network、uh, and, and the threat vectors into the network, we anticipate they're going to be exposed. Those weaknesses are going to be exposed more and more because of that. 
And the final area we focus on is web application security. Now, the interesting thing about the DDoS attacks that we, what we're seeing is that in the past, DDoS has been traditionally more of a network uh, packet uh, shaping and malformation kind of exercise. And we're seeing a different kind of DDoS now. We're seeing a DDoS that's targeting the critical applications of the organization. And oftentimes, the DDoS against the application is a smokescreen or, or used as part of a masking of a specific targeted attack to that application. Don, what differences, if any, do you see by region in this global study? Yeah, so that's one of the things that was sort of interesting that came out of the report is that when we look at the attacks by source from where they're truly originating from, we see some variations. Uh, we see some sort of specialization amongst organizations and nations as sources of attacks. We also see that, that certain groups prefer certain kind of attacks. Certain groups are involved in DDoS. Certain groups are more involved in malware uh, distribution and, and proliferation. Um, and then we also see, interestingly enough, we see a sort of affinity from different nations to actually attack different things. So when we look at our overall client base, you know, finance is, is very high as a threat area. It's kind of obvious. But the next is really technology and business services and healthcare. And that's from an overall standpoint. When we start to break it down, by country, and we start to look at where attacks are coming from from some of our larger companies. We see China, for instance, it's focused heavily on business services and not as much on finance. Japan, for instance, is focused on manufacturing. And so there's this affinity that happens between the countries that's it's interesting to me and I think relevant for organizations that have infrastructure in those countries to understand where they may be at higher risk than they would anticipate if they were here in the U.S. So another topic altogether, Don. What have you learned about what these threats are costing organizations? So that, that's one of the things we talk about in the report. We have a case study for each of the threats, and we we attempt to quantify some of the costs that we've seen outside out of those case studies. The one thing I would say to stress to, to, to listeners is that there are some concrete steps that organizations can take to reduce the overall cost of um, responding to these incidents in a very broad way. So, for instance, things like making sure that they have a current up-to-date incident response plan that's comprehensive, making sure that they have an established relationship with a partner organization to help them with incident response, um, making sure that they're third parties, that they've talked to the third parties and they've figured out ahead of time how they're going to communicate in the event of an incident um, and who they're going to talk to. And then finally, to have tested their incident response plan. Now, organizations that take those actions, do those steps, are going to spend less money on incident response. It's, it, incident response is a very expensive activity. It has a high collateral cost, depending on the, the nature of the attack, if it's a DDoS against an e-commerce site in a retail organization, for instance. Um, the, the collateral cost can be much higher than the actual mitigation cost. So anything that organizations can do to reduce that time and increase the effectiveness of responding to an incident is, is money well spent. Don, you and I in the past have talked about actionable threat intelligence. What are some of the ways that organizations can use this actionable intelligence to mitigate some of these threats? Yeah, this is a favorite subject of mine because people, they, they use that word actionable intelligence. And in our opinion, uh, the intelligence, uh, no matter how good, is only actionable if it can be integrated into the detective and preventive systems that 
are part of an organization's security program. And so, you know, that's one of the things we also talk about in the report is, is how to get the most out of threat intelligence, how to make, how to realize that actionable intelligence. So making sure that you have the platforms and tools and systems, but also the expertise to use to configure those systems to be able to take indicators you may be getting from threat intelligence and integrate those into your, your monitoring program. A couple final questions for you, Don, and one is what advice do you offer organizations to help them counter these threats? What are the tips you're giving them? As I say, for each of the four threat areas, we're really focused on activities that organizations can take all the way from a tactical standpoint, which is, you know, sort of low cost, easy to implement, and maybe making use of tools that they already have at their disposal. I continue to see organizations that have an infrastructure that gives them the capability to have a better security posture uh, than not, and if they would take advantage of some of the configuration and capabilities, all the way up to much more strategic, longer time frame, bigger investment, longer to implement kind of fixes that, that may be related to uh, restructuring the organization or the network or the IT infrastructure or maybe integrating uh, an additional security, detective or preventive capability into the organization. So we're really focused for each one of these on identifying those steps that an organization can go through to get a higher level of uh, security protection. At the same time, throughout the report, we sort of highlight these areas, these sort of gotchas or lookout kind of areas that, that based on our experience, organizations sometimes fall into a, a certain trap or they overlook something um, as they're going through the, the, the process of addressing these threats. Now, Don, one of the things I found unique about your report is you talk about how organizations can get the resources that they need. What advice are you giving to security leaders so they can get the resources necessary to take action against these threats? Yeah, that's another area where, you know, it depends on the organization, the maturity of the security organization within the, the overall organization. But we're really focused on saying we have, you know, thousands of customers. We've talked to many CISOs. I've talked to a lot of CISOs, and, and I've, I sort of understand the ones that are what I call high-performing CISOs and the kinds of things that they do. So we have some specific recommendations that say this is how those guys behave. These are the actions they take. These are the things they do. And, and we think that if organizations would adopt some of those strategies, they'd be more effective as well. Things like basing your security program off of a third-party framework to bring credibility to the program so that it's not just you as the CISO saying that it, the organization should be doing it, but you're able to point to a credible third party and say, it's not just me, they say it, we should be doing it. The other thing is really understanding more from a business perspective what's important to the organization and how to identify not only the explicit cost that an organization is going to incur within their security program, but looking for what I like to call debt that the organization is accumulating, that by not taking some sort of action or not performing an activity, that there is a debt that is accumulating. And at, if there is an incident, that debt will come due. The organization will experience higher costs and larger impact because they did not choose to do that. So I think having the CEOs talk to the business from a – talk to executives, senior management from more of a business standpoint – and understanding really well what the goal of their business is and any initiatives that the business is undertaking and being able to have that conversation with them 
it's more of an investment kind of conversation or a financial conversation than they may have had in the past. That's where we see CISOs that are appreciated by their senior executive, their fellow senior executives, and understood more importantly by their fellow senior executives. They're not trying to hit them with a bunch of technical jargon or, you know, sort of overwhelm them with FUD. They're they're focusing on the business at hand and how to optimize and reduce the risk for the business. Don, that's great insight. Thank you for taking time to speak with me today about your Global Threat Intelligence Report. Thank you so much, Tom. Great to talk to you. I've been talking with Don Gray, Chief Security Strategist with Solutionary. The topic has been Global Threat Intelligence. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.